0: fuck's sake. G'day grass cutters, Rory here from Greens Lawn and Garden and welcome to my first podcast episode. I haven't come up with a name for the podcast yet but with a little bit of feedback from you guys and um, enough talking bullshit for about 45 minutes to, to an hour I'm sure I can come up with something right. So. I'm gonna be relaying all the information that I've gathered uh, with my time being a franchisee for a uh, for a, a lawn mowing franchise group called Jim's Mowing. I've uh, been with these guys for about 18 months and um, I've found that in that time, um, in, in that time listening to um, a lot of podcasts and watching a lot of YouTube and things like that uh, for lawn care operators, uh, there's not really something that's specifically based for uh, the guys in, in, in the franchise uh, system. So I'm gonna try and help out there as well, uh, to help out there, but as well, um, independent operators, hey, fuck, you're more than welcome to, um, to listen in. There's plenty of information we're gonna have um, on, uh, on just running a business in general. You know, I'm gonna cover machinery, um, you know, the boring stuff as well. Accounting, marketing, um, th- things like that. So if you want helpful info on um, on, on starting up and running a successful mowing business uh, or landscaping business, then, um, then this is the podcast for you. And there's going to be no bullshit. Uh, there's going to be no gyms speak. So don't worry, I'm not going to be just trying to sell a bloody gyms franchise to to a bunch of guys out there. I've got absolutely no fucking affiliation with Jim um, or his little cronies in uh, in Melbourne. All respect to you cronies, my bad, sorry. Please don't take my franchise away. But no affiliation and, um, and that's that. So welcome to the first episode and what we're gonna talk about today is uh, what you should do when when you're initially looking at purchasing a franchise business, so we'll get right into it straight after these comments from our sponsors. Yeah, not really, I don't have any fucking sponsors. <laughs> Let's get into it. All right, so what you want to do before making any decisions about exactly where your territory is going to be and Uh, what sort of business that you want, whether it's uh, you want to buy a vacant territory or you want to purchase an existing business from someone that has clients. Fucking pick the franchisor that you want uh, first. You have to work alongside this person, not physically, but in a a business capacity, um, continuously. For as long as they're the franchisor for the business, uh, you for the region, you have to communicate with them. Uh, at first, every week the the franchisor calls or should call. That's a part of the the um, uh, the service that they provide you within the in- initial stages. Um, and you've got to be able to communicate with this person. You've got to you've got to like who you work with. I don't care um whether you're best mates but you want to make sure it's someone that you can respect and that you can you can approach with questions because initially starting as well you're not going to know all the other franchisees to 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 lean on them for information you're gonna have this person as your first point of contact and you want to make sure that they're approachable that they can give you the information that you need and that they care about what you're doing because if they don't, you don't want anything to fucking do with them. You know, yeah, and and relationships go sour. I've seen it happen uh, a couple of times already. Um, not not with myself, with other franchisees that were honestly just wankers, and um, they um, they were probably the the. the the difficult part for um, uh, between the relationship between the franchisor and and them but this is what I'm talking about you want to make sure that you you get on well because the franchisor is going to decide you can't just go up and go oh hi I'm buying a business they've got to want to sell you the business too so they put you through a vetting um, um, process and um, basically uh, don't make it sound like it but they're they're interviewing you to make sure that you're um You're a suitable candidate to buy a business and to successfully run a business without giving them, the franchisor, a fucking headache all the time because they don't want to be dealing with headaches all the time. So make sure you choose your franchisor before you choose your business and uh, and it'll make life a lot easier. Shout out, Brendan. (laughs) That's my franchisor. He won't listen to this though. He's he's a he's a Kiwi. Probably can't understand me to be honest. So, let's say you've chosen your franchisor and uh, you're you're ready to rock and roll. You want to uh, you want to sign the contracts. You want to get the ball rolling. What you want to do is make sure. And I think it's mandatory now with a lot of franchisors. I think they they make you do it. But go out in the field and spend some time with uh, the franchisees doing their day to day, business, uh, because it all sounds great. It sounds great. You've seen, you've, 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 been listening to, you've been watching YouTube videos of, of, um, uh, of mowing and growing in the central coast. Um, Mr. Mr. Saifidi over there and you've been watching Brian's lawn maintenance over in America and, and, um, and you, you just like, oh, this is, look at this. This is beautiful. I'm just going to make a fortune. I'm going to sit on my ride on all day and mow beautiful lush green grass with crisp edges and oh, it's going to be great. <laughs> no, no it won't. It's dirty, it's hot, it's sweaty, it's dusty, it's it's a pain in the ass sometimes. But it's your business and you can run it however you want. And that's why we do it. And it's instant gratification. So um, just keep that in uh, keep that in mind before you go signing on the dotted line. Uh, jump in, uh, do a ride along with, uh, uh, I'd recommend a couple of different franchisees um, just to see how they run their business, um, how, the, how they quote. It's a really good way to find out um, how they've quoted. Um, even if they're not picking up any new work when you're with them, you know, ask, you ask them, how did you, um, how did you come up with the price for this, for this lawn? You know, did, did you know it was going to take this time? Blah, 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 H- how they do it. Cause everyone's got slightly different ways of, of, of doing things like that. Um, and, and, you know, you get to practice, you get to practice the physical, the physical art of, uh, mowing lawns. Um, because people pay us to do it and, if you just do the same sort of job that uh, Joe Blow does to his place, um, why are they going to pay you, right? You uh, you learn some tricks of the trade, like nice straight lines and nice crisp edges and all that sort of stuff. So get out there, jump in with the franchisee, do some days, and uh, you'll love it. It's good fun. I've had two. I've actually had two blokes jump in for ride-alongs with me, and. Um, uh, I, I sort of pushed them a little bit to see how they'd go, and um, they appreciated it. One guy, he—I don't know—I don't think he's going to purchase a business because after about three lawns, he was fucking knackered. It <laughs> he was—he was actually doubled over a fence, like sucking in the big ones, just <laughs> like he just uh, like he just finished a game of footy. So. You know, it's not everyone's cut out for it. So jump in, do a ride along, test the waters as they say. And you can do this by just um, looking up the local franchisees in the area as well. Um, and you can just give them a call or you can talk to the franchisor and they can put them in contact as well. But most franchisees will be be pretty keen to um, to get you to come out and, and you know, just have a ride along for a day or two. As a part of the show every week, uh, I'm going to do something that I like to call the machinery minute. That's not really a minute. It's probably like three or four minutes, but the machinery minute is catchy. So shut up. All right, that's it. (laughs) Now, machinery, machinery, push mowers. Push mowers. We'll start off with push mowers because it's the first episode. And I believe uh, if you're starting out, it's the, um, it's a piece of equipment that you you want to make sure you've got, right? <laughs> so commercial, commercial, commercial. Do not fuck around with residential grade mowers. Don't go down to Bunnings or bloody LD or um, Walmart if you're in America or something like that and get a residential mower. Uh, There's a few on the market that say that they're like commercial grade Um, and it's, I can just tell you, it's, it's, they're not. Um, Make sure you go to a dealer, an actual uh, mower supply place and, 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 and talk to, talk to a professional, but they're going to sell a specific brand. Uh, Most of the time it's, um, it's, it's a Honda or it's Toro. Uh, And that's for me personally, that's the only two options that I would choose uh, with a commercial grade mower just because I know that they're good now you can go out and you can trust um, dealers to steer you in the right direction for a commercial grade mower and by all means do that but for me uh, I stick with Honda and Toro the Honda HRU216 is a beast of a machine it's got plenty of power it's got three speeds it's fully self-maintainable, so you can do everything yourself on it. And um, parts are reasonably cheap um, and, and really easy to come by. Now, when I say reasonably cheap, you can buy Honda or you can buy aftermarket parts for them and save some money there. Uh, it's completely up to you, but parts you can get. And um, the, uh, the Toro is the Toro, I think they just call it the commercial twenty-one inch. They just call it Toro Commercial Twenty-One. Now it's a it's a, a beautiful machine as well. Um, it's a lot more simplified um, to look at um, than the uh, than the Honda. It doesn't have the nice contoured handle um, and uh, and some of the aesthetic things that the, the Honda's got that are that are really appealing. But it's uh, it's it's a sturdier. It feels like a really really sturdy, good, heavy mower that's um that's got um the same as the the same same as the honda mower it's got a a really high powered um kawasaki motor they use a kawasaki motor on the toro that we've well this is the one that they sell here in australia um now the quackers the the kawasaki motors are known for their their power uh and their longevity now um the only thing you've really got to worry about Uh, is changing your blades, your oil, your spark plugs, and, um, and then uh, anything that, you know, anything outside of that, if you're not comfortable um, replacing or repairing, you can take it down to the, to a dealer, and they will have the parts there ready to go because their, their bread and butter is looking after contractors. Um, So, you know, make sure, um, make sure you get one of those two brands or, you know, another brand if you've got a a good solid dealer that's close by but commercial grade i cannot stress that enough you can have a backup mower i've got a backup mower that's a um a victor mustang or something like that it's called uh and it's a residential mower and i've had to use it twice um just because the honda uh something went wrong and i couldn't finish a job Uh, so i just quickly had to had to use that but um Oh, it's, it's completely different it's a completely different kettle of fish so i wouldn't uh i wouldn't recommend um uh, having it uh having it out unless you really really need it <laughs> all right and that's the uh machinery minute talking about the the push mower uh today and uh next week uh we'll cover um line trimmers or whipper snippers and um talk about a few different uh a few different options there and just before I forget, actually, just on the um, on the machinery, uh, someone taught me a good lesson coming into uh, into the business. Don't fall in love with your bloody tools, your mowers, and your tools of the trade, because they're just that—they're tools of the trade, and they will break. Uh, you can have loyalty for brands and um, and, and you know brand names and, and different types of products, but. Yeah, the tools that you've got just treat them like that they're assets for the business that help you earn money otherwise it's just a headache you've got to have funerals and you mourn and it's just it's upsetting all right something else you want to uh, tick off the checklist before jumping into the business is the the gear you're going to be using your your setup as we call it now the basics that'll get you going and get you mowing Oh, you like that uh is these um is a mower a line trimmer slash weed eater slash um, snipper, and a handheld blower now that'll cover you for mowing um, if you're just trying to get in with the basics and and you know get the get the job done uh, that will sort you for mowing uh, in saying that, remember, make sure you've got your oils that you need uh, for your different equipment, two stroke and four stroke, and um, spare spark plugs for each piece of equipment. And, um, and yeah, and you should be sweet. Now, uh, I'd recommend too, if you're starting, um, is a couple of spray packs. Um, the spray packs you want, uh, when I say a couple, two minimum. Uh, you want one that carries your glyphosate or your, um, your non-selective weed spray, which is just basically for nuking everything. Um, you, because it's really difficult to wash out and, and, and stuff. If you, if you want to switch between uh, selective and non-selective herbicides or fertilizers and herbicides, you just want to have one for, for nuking stuff, one non-selective weed sprayer, and then your other one you can, um, you can switch out stuff and you can uh, just give it a quick rinse and it, it's fine. But it, the problem with the uh, non-selective is it's, it's glyphosate, um, which is residual on the inside of, um, of the, the spray bottle. And it's, if you really want to wash it out properly, you want to use bleach and, and it's just a, it's a, it's a nightmare. It's a fucking pain in the ass. So you're better off just keeping that market it that it's got glyphosate. And um, that way you don't have to stuff around and uh, worry worry that you're gonna um, brown off someone's lawn or accidentally poison something that you shouldn't be poisoning. Oh and fuel can fuel cans fuel cans before I forget Uh, one for your two stroke mix and one for your for your four stroke you know your mower your ride on whatever you're doing and um, make sure that they're different colors because um, or, or marked very clearly because you can stick you can, here's actually you might not know this you can stick two-stroke mix into your four-stroke um, push mower. So you know if you if you you have run out of fuel you've stuffed up and you forgot to go and fuel up your um your uh, your little jerry can for um for your four-stroke for your push mower you can use your mix. Um, I have done it many times because I'm an idiot and sometimes forget to fuel up and um, a 50 to one fuel mix into a honda push mower motor works fine not an issue at all doesn't even leave oil residue it just burns it off Uh, but you cannot switch the other way around you stick uh you stick non-mixed unleaded juice into a line trimmer or your blower and you'll notice straight away because it'll rev its ring out and You'll literally have its ring out because you'll blow the rings. You'll um, you'll um, um, you'll burn it out. So just um, just just be weary of that. Make sure your, uh, your, your jerry cans are marked or you got different colour ones. It's time for one of my favourite parts of the episode, and it is time for weirdo of the week. So in weirdo of the week, this week, every week, I'm gonna tell you a story about some weirdo that I've come across in my travels. Um, most of the time it's a client, or if they're really weird, an ex-client. But um, I've got so many in the storage locker ready to go, so um, I've, I'll, I'll have a good one for you every week. Unless a new one, unless some new weirdo pops up, I'm always happy to um, always happy to, to tell you about any new weirdos. but. Let's start with, um, with this lady that I was looking after um, about a year ago. Now she was, uh, she was from, she was from Indian heritage. Um, She was, uh, she was educated in England though, at a very, very prestigious uh, college, university over there. Uh, She is a microsurgeon, so, very well off, very smart lady, very hardworking, um and a weirdo. So she was always kind of I don't know, she she was she she would get in your personal space a lot and like um when you when she was talking um to me she'd like get too close and she was really short and when I say really short I would be surprised if she cracked the five foot mark. Like she was really short, um, almost a little person, but not quite now. She fucking, um, uh, she come up to me uh, one day and, um, thanked me for the, the good job I was doing and stuff. And she like touched me really softly on the hand and it was creepy. It sort of creeped me out a bit. And I thought, Oh, you know, she's, she's well aware that I'm a married man and, and I'm not interested and I didn't give her any reason to be. Um, and then she's, um, she's asked me if I could, um, this time around, uh, if I could uh, add it onto the regular service was this little courtyard that she had that, uh, opened from her, uh, from her main bedroom, the master bedroom, uh, her master bedroom opened up, um, and, came into a little uh, a little courtyard that had these beautiful palm trees and things around it and um, the palm fronds would fall down and there'd be some spider webs and things like that she didn't like. Um, she asked me if I could just uh, collect those and, and any spider webs, give them a clear out. And um, it, it was like a five minute job every time I was there. So I thought, yeah, that's cool. And look, I won't even charge because she was a good client and it was a good profitable, um, uh, regular service. Now, not only was there an entrance to the master bedroom but there was also like her bathroom area it was all glass windowed all um uh from f- everywhere you could see into the entire master bedroom and the um and the bathroom area and twice when i was there um the windows the the the, the window the curtains, sorry were always um closed and then the third time <laughs> the third time I got there and the curtains were open. Now she was never there, thank God. But the curtains were open and on the bench in her bathroom, I shit you not, was oh like a dozen sex toys. Now now there was there, there was there was some stuff man there was a ball gag there was a butt plug butt plugs are huge by the way bloody hell I had no idea um like a heap of different sorts of other toys um uh, and uh and a um a, a, like a leather spanking thingy paddle thingy so yeah, um, I finished up, uh, finished up that job that day, and uh, and 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 took off. Uh, sent her an email, just explaining that I was no longer going to be servicing the area. So unfortunately, um, I could no longer look after her property, <laughs> and um, and and that was that. That was that, but. Wow. And that'll about wrap it up for the first episode of Oh, I didn't come up with a name, did I? Let's think of one now. Ready? On the spot. No, I can't do it. I'm not that I'm not that witty or intelligent. So, I'll come up with something next week. Green's Lawn and Gut. How about? How about Cutting your grass and educating your ass. Cut. No, hang on. Wait a minute. Cutting your grass and educating your ass. It won't sound as good in Australian. Cutting your grass and educating your ass. We'll work on that. See you guys. Fuck side